Section 15 of a Collection of Supreme Court Opinions by the United States Supreme Court. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. United States v. Wong Kim Ark, 169 U.S. 649, decided March 27, 1898, Part 5. Please note, this is a reading of the opinion of the court only. This reading does not include the syllabus or any concurring or dissenting opinions. For ease of listening, this reading omits legal citations found within the text of the court's opinion. To hold that the Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution excludes from citizenship the children born in the United States of citizens or subjects of other countries would be to deny citizenship to thousands of persons of English, Scotch, Irish, German, or other European parentage who have always been considered and treated as citizens of the United States. 6. Whatever considerations, in the absence of a controlling provision of the Constitution, might influence the legislative or the executive branch of the government to decline to admit persons of the Chinese race to the status of citizens of the United States, there are none that can constrain or permit the judiciary to refuse to give full effect to the peremptory and explicit language of the Fourteenth Amendment, which declares and ordains that, quote, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States, end quote. Chinese persons born out of the United States, remaining subjects of the Emperor of China, and not having become citizens of the United States, are entitled to the protection of and owe allegiance to the United States so long as they are permitted by the United States to reside here and are, quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, end quote, in the same sense as all other aliens residing in the United States. In Yik Wo versus Hopkins, the decision was that an ordinance of the city of San Francisco regulating a certain business, and which, as executed by the Board of Supervisors, made an arbitrary discrimination between natives of China, still subjects of the Emperor of China, but domiciled in the United States, and all other persons, was contrary to the Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution. Mr. Justice Matthews, in delivering the opinion of the court, said, quote, the right of the petitioners, as affected by the proceedings of which they complain, are not less because they are aliens and subjects of the Emperor of China. The Fourteenth Amendment to the Constitution is not confined to the protection of citizens. It says, quote, Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. End quote. These provisions are universal in their application to all persons within the territorial jurisdiction without regard to any differences of race, of color, or of nationality, and the equal protection of the laws is a pledge of the protection of equal laws. It is accordingly enacted by section 1977 of the revised statutes that, quote, all persons within the jurisdiction of the United States shall have the same right in every state and territory to make and enforce contracts to sue be parties give evidence and to the full and equal benefit of all laws and proceedings for the security of persons and property as is enjoyed by white citizens and shall be subject to like punishment pains penalties taxes licenses and exactions of every kind and to no other End quote. 
the questions we have to consider and decide in these cases therefore are to be treated as involving the rights of every citizen of the united states equally with those of the strangers and aliens who now invoke the jurisdiction of this court End quote. the manner in which reference was made in the passage above quoted to section one thousand nine hundred and seventy seven of the revised statutes shows that the change of phrase in that section reenacting section sixteen of the statute of may thirty first eighteen seventy c one hundred and fourteen sixteen statute one hundred and forty four as compared with section one of the civil rights act of eighteen sixty six by substituting for the words in that act quote, of every race and color end quote, the words quote, within the jurisdiction of the united states end quote, was not considered as making the section as it now stands less applicable to persons of every race and color and nationality than it was in its original form and is hardly consistent with attributing any narrower meaning to the words quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote, in the first sentence of the fourteenth amendment of the constitution which may itself have been the cause of the change in the phraseology of that provision of the civil rights act the decision in yick woe versus hopkins indeed did not directly pass upon the effect of these words in the fourteenth amendment but turned upon subsequent provisions of the same section but as already observed it is impossible to attribute to the words quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote, that is to say of the united states at the beginning a less comprehensive meaning than to the words quote, within its jurisdiction end quote, that is of the state at the end of the same section or to hold that persons who are indisputably quote, within the jurisdiction end quote, of the state are not quote, subject to the jurisdiction end quote, of the nation it necessarily follows that persons born in china subjects of the emperor of china but domiciled in the united states having been adjudged in yik wo versus hopkins to be within the jurisdiction of the state within the meaning of the concluding sentence must be held to be subject to the jurisdiction of the united states within the meaning of the first sentence of this section of the constitution and their children quote, born in the united states end quote, cannot be less quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote. accordingly in kwok ting versus united states eighteen ninety one which like the case at bar was a writ of habeas corpus to test the lawfulness of the exclusion of a chinese person who alleged that he was a citizen of the united states by birth it was assumed on all hands that a person of the chinese race born in the united states was a citizen of the united states the decision turned upon the failure of the petitioner to prove that he was born in this country and the question at issue was as stated in the opinion of the majority of the court delivered by mr justice field quote, whether the evidence was sufficient to show that the petitioner was a citizen of the united states end quote, or as stated by mr justice brewer in his dissenting opinion quote, whether the petitioner was born in this country or not end quote. in state versus ah chu eighteen eighty one sixteen nevada fifty fifty eight the supreme court of nevada said quote, the amendments did not confer the right of citizenship upon the Mongolian race except such as are born within the United States. End quote. In the courts of the United States in the Ninth Circuit, it has been uniformly held in a series of opinions delivered by Mr. Justice Field 
Judge Sawyer, Judge Deedee, Judge Hanford, and Judge Morrow, then a child born in the United States of Chinese parents, subjects of the Emperor of China, is a native-born citizen of the United States. And we are not aware of any judicial decision to the contrary. During the debates in the Senate in January and February 1866 upon the Civil Rights Bill, Mr. Trumbull, the chairman of the committee which reported the bill, moved to amend the first sentence thereof, so as to read, quote, all persons born in the United States and not subject to any foreign power are hereby declared to be citizens of the United States without distinction of color, end quote. Mr. Cohen of Pennsylvania asked, quote, whether it will not have the effect of naturalizing the children of Chinese and gypsies born in this country, end quote. Mr. Trumbull answered, quote, undoubtedly, end quote, and asked, quote, is not the child born in this country of German parents a citizen? End quote. Mr. Cohen replied, quote, The children of German parents are citizens, but Germans are not Chinese. End quote. Mr. Trumbull rejoined, quote, The law makes no such distinction, and the child of an Asiatic is just as much a citizen as the child of a European. End quote. Mr. Reverdy Johnson suggested that the words, quote, Without distinction of color, end quote, should be omitted as unnecessary, and said, quote, The amendment as it stands is that all persons born in the United States, and not subject to a foreign power, shall, by virtue of birth, be citizens. To that I am willing to consent, and that comprehends all persons, without any reference to race or color, who may be so born, end quote. Mr. Trumbull agreed that striking out those words would make no difference in the meaning, but thought it better that they should be retained to remove all possible doubt. The Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution, as originally framed by the House of Representatives, lacked the opening sentence. When it came before the Senate in May 1866, Mr. Howard of Michigan moved to amend by prefixing the sentence in its present form, lest the words or naturalized, and reading, quote, All persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state herein. They reside. End quote. Mr. Cohen objected upon the ground that the Mongolian race ought to be excluded and said, quote, Is the child of the Chinese immigrant in California a citizen? I do not know how my honorable friend from California looks upon Chinese, but I do know how some of his fellow citizens regard them. I have no doubt that now they are useful, and I have no doubt that within proper restraints, allowing that state and the other Pacific states to manage them as they may see fit, they may be useful. But I would not tie their hands by the Constitution of the United States so as to prevent them hereafter from dealing with them as in their wisdom they see fit. End quote. Mr. Conness of California replied, quote, The proposition before us relates simply, in that respect, to the children begotten of Chinese parents in California, and it is proposed to declare that they shall be citizens. We have declared that by law, now it is proposed to incorporate the same provision in the fundamental instrument of the nation. I am in favor of doing so. I voted for the proposition to declare that the children of all parentage, whatever, born in California, should be regarded and treated as citizens of the United States, entitled to equal civil rights with other citizens of the United States. We are entirely ready to accept the provision proposed in this constitutional amendment that the children born here of Mongolian parents shall be declared by the Constitution of the United States to be entitled to civil rights and to equal protection before the law with others. End quote. 
it does not appear to have been suggested in either house of congress that children born in the united states of chinese parents would not come within the terms and effect of the leading sentence of the fourteenth amendment doubtless the intention of the congress which framed and of the states which adopted this amendment of the constitution must be sought in the words of the amendment and the debates in congress are not admissible as evidence to control the meaning of those words but the statements above quoted are valuable as contemporaneous opinions of jurists and statesmen upon the legal meaning of the words themselves and are at the least interesting as showing that the application of the amendment to the chinese race was considered and not overlooked the acts of congress known as the chinese exclusion acts the earliest of which was passed some fourteen years after the adoption of the constitutional amendment cannot control its meaning or impair its effect but must be construed and executed in subordination to its provisions and the right of the united states as exercised by and under those acts to exclude or to expel from the country persons of the chinese race born in china and continuing to be subjects of the emperor of china though having acquired a commercial domicile in the united states has been upheld by this court for reasons applicable to all aliens alike and inapplicable to citizens of whatever race or color and fong yue ting versus united states the right of the united states to expel such chinese persons was placed upon the grounds that the right to exclude or to expel all aliens or any class of aliens absolutely or upon certain conditions is an inherent and inalienable right of every sovereign and independent nation essential to its safety its independence and its welfare that the power to exclude or to expel aliens being a power affecting international relations is vested in the political departments of the government and is to be regulated by treaty or by act of the congress and to be executed by the executive authority according to the regulations so established except so far as the judicial department has been authorized by treaty or by statute or is required by the paramount law of the constitution to intervene that the power to exclude and the power to expel aliens rests upon one foundation are derived from one source are supported by the same reasons and are in truth but parts of one and the same power and therefore that the power of congress to expel like the power to exclude aliens or any specified class of aliens from the country may be exercised entirely through executive officers or congress may call in the aid of the judiciary to ascertain any contested facts on which an alien's right to be in the country has been made by congress to depend in lem moon singh versus united states the same principles were reaffirmed and were applied to a chinese person born in china who had acquired a commercial domicile in the united states and who having voluntarily left the country on a temporary visit to china and with the intention of returning to and continuing his residence in this country claimed the right under a statute or treaty to re-enter it and the distinction between the right of an alien to the protection of the constitution and laws of the united states for his person and property while within the jurisdiction thereof and his claim of a right to re-enter the united states after a visit to his native land was expressed by the court as follows quote, he is none the less an alien because of his having a commercial domicile in this country while he lawfully remains here he is entitled to the benefit of the guarantees of life liberty and property secured by the constitution to all persons of whatever race within the jurisdiction of the united states his personal rights when he is in this country and such of his property as is here during his absence are as fully protected by the supreme law of the land 
as if he were a native or naturalized citizen of the united states but when he has voluntarily gone from the country and is beyond its jurisdiction being an alien he cannot re-enter the united states in violation of the will of the government as expressed in enactments of the law-making power End quote. it is true that chinese persons born in china cannot be naturalized like other aliens by proceedings under naturalization laws but this is for want of any statute or treaty authorizing or permitting such naturalization as will appear by tracing the history of the statutes treaties and decisions upon that subject always bearing in mind that the statutes enacted by congress as well as treaties made by the president and senate must yield to the paramount and supreme law of the constitution the power granted to congress by the constitution quote, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization end quote, was long ago adjudged by this court to be vested exclusively in congress for many years after the establishment of the original constitution and until two years after the adoption of the fourteenth amendment congress never authorized the naturalization of any but quote, free white persons end quote. by this treaty between the united states and china made july twenty eighth eighteen sixty eight and promulgated february fifth eighteen seventy was provided that quote, nothing herein contained shall be held to confer naturalization upon citizens of the united states in china nor upon the subjects of china in the united states End quote. by the act of july fourteenth eighteen seventy c two hundred and fifty four section seven for the first time the naturalization laws were quote, extended to aliens of african nativity and to persons of african descent End quote. 16 statutes 256 this extension as embodied in the revised statutes took the form of providing that those laws should quote, apply to aliens being free white persons and to aliens of african nativity and to persons of african descent End quote. and it was amended by the act of february eighteenth eighteen seventy five c eighty by inserting the words above printed in brackets those statutes were held by the circuit court of the united states and california not to embrace chinese aliens and by the act of may sixth eighteen eighty two c one hundred and twenty six section fourteen it was expressly enacted that quote, hereafter no state court or court of the united states shall admit chinese to citizenship end quote in Feng Yue Ting versus United States, 1893, above cited, this court said, quote, Chinese persons not born in this country have never been recognized as citizens of the United States, nor authorized to become such under the naturalization laws, end quote. The convention between the United States and China of 1894 provided that, quote, Chinese laborers or Chinese of any other class, either permanently or temporarily residing in the United States, shall have for the protection of their persons and property all rights that are given by the laws of the United States to citizens of the most favored nation, excepting the right to become naturalized citizens. End quote. And it has since been decided by the same judge who held this appellee to be citizen of the United States by virtue of his birth therein that a native of china of the mongolian race could not be admitted to citizenship under the naturalization laws the fourteenth amendment of the constitution in the declaration that quote, all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof 
are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside, end quote, contemplates two sources of citizenship and two only, birth and naturalization. Citizenship by naturalization can only be acquired by naturalization under the authority and in the forms of law. But citizenship by birth is established by the mere fact of birth under the circumstances defined in the Constitution. Every person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof becomes at once a citizen of the United States and needs no naturalization. A person born out of the jurisdiction of the United States can only become a citizen by being naturalized, either by treaty, as in the case of the annexation of foreign territory, or by authority of Congress, exercised either by declaring certain classes of persons to be citizens, as in the enactments conferring citizenship upon foreign-born children of citizens, or by enabling foreigners individually to become citizens by proceedings in the judicial tribunals, as in the ordinary provisions of the Naturalization Acts. The power of naturalization vested in Congress by the Constitution is a power to confer citizenship, not a power to take it away. Quote, a naturalized citizen, end quote, said Chief Justice Marshall, quote, becomes a member of the society possessing all the rights of a native citizen and standing in the view of the Constitution on the footing of a native. The Constitution does not authorize Congress to enlarge or abridge those rights. The simple power of the national legislature is to prescribe a uniform rule of naturalization, and the exercise of this power exhausts it so far as respects the individual. The Constitution then takes him up, and among other rights, extends to him the capacity of suing in the courts of the United States, precisely under the same circumstances under which a native might sue." End quote. Congress, having no power to abridge the rights conferred by the Constitution upon those who have become naturalized citizens by virtue of acts of Congress, a fortiori no act or omission of Congress as to providing for the naturalization of parents or children of a particular race, can affect citizenship acquired as a birthright by virtue of the Constitution itself without any aid of legislation. The Fourteenth Amendment, while it leaves the power where it was before in Congress to regulate naturalization, has conferred no authority upon Congress to restrict the effect of birth, declared by the Constitution to constitute a sufficient and complete right to citizenship. No one doubts that the amendment, as soon as it was promulgated, applied to persons of African descent born in the United States, wherever the birthplace of their parents might have been, and yet, for two years afterwards, there was no statute authorizing persons of that race to be naturalized. If the omission or the refusal of Congress to permit certain classes of persons to be made citizens by naturalization could be allowed, the effect of correspondingly restricting the classes of persons who should become citizens by birth. It would be in the power of Congress at any time by striking Negroes out of the naturalization laws and limiting those laws, as they were formerly limited to white persons only, to defeat the main purpose of the constitutional amendment. The fact, therefore, that acts of Congress or treaties have not permitted Chinese persons born out of this country to become citizens by naturalization cannot exclude Chinese persons born in this country from the operation of the broad and clear words of the Constitution. Quote, all persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. End quote. 7. Upon the facts agreed in this case, the American citizenship which Wong Kim Ark acquired by birth within the United States 
has not been lost or taken away by anything happening since his birth no doubt he might himself after coming of age renounce this citizenship and become a citizen of the country of his parents or of any other country for by our law as solemnly declared by the congress quote, the right of expatriation is a natural and inherent right of all people end quote. and quote, any declaration instruction opinion order or direction of any officer in the united states which denies restricts impairs or questions the right of expatriation is declared inconsistent with the fundamental principles of the republic end quote. whether any act of himself or of his parents during his minority could have the same effect is at least doubtful but it would be out of place to pursue that inquiry inasmuch as it is expressly agreed that his residence has always been in the united states and not elsewhere that each of his temporary visits to china the one for some months when he was about seventeen years old and the other for something like a year about the time of his coming of age was made with the intention of returning and was followed by his actual return to the united states and quote, that said wong kim ark has not either by himself or his parents acting for him ever renounced his allegiance to the united states and that he has never done or committed any act or thing to exclude him therefrom end quote. The evident intention and the necessary effect of the submission of this case to the decision of the court upon the facts agreed by the parties were to present for determination the single question stated at the beginning of this opinion, namely whether a child born in the United States of parent of Chinese descent, who at the time of his birth are subjects of the Emperor of China, but have a permanent domicile and residence in the United States, and are there carrying on business and are not employed in any diplomatic or official capacity under the emperor of china becomes at the time of his birth a citizen of the united states for the reasons above stated this court is of the opinion that the question must be answered in the affirmative order affirmed End of section fifteen